0: Hi, welcome to Kirkpatrick Memorial's online worship gathering. It's great to have you with us here this morning. Uh, My name is Christoph Ebbinghaus. I'm the minister at Kirkpatrick Memorial. Uh, By the way, we have designed this church as a playlist on YouTube. So if you find that you're watching individual videos, uh, please go back and have another look and see if you can find a playlist entitled, City of Love, Gathering 6. That's the one you want to be watching today. At Kirkpatrick Memorial, we have lots of people helping us, involved in leading and teaching at our church services. Uh, So look out today for Desmond, Reading God's Word, for LJ, Leading Our Prayers for Others, for lots of families, helping us with some of our singing, Uh, Stephen Kerr served as our ministry apprentice for a couple of years in the congregation recently, so it's brilliant uh, to have Stephen with us this morning. He's going to be leading our service and also bringing us a a message from God's Word. Uh, So we're delighted to have Stephen with us, and I'm going to hand you over to Stephen just now.
1: Well, good morning. How are you all? (laughs) I hope you're doing okay. Strange this, isn't it? It's amazing that all over Belfast, Northern Ireland, even further afield, that we can still all meet together as the people of God to worship. But I hope you're not getting used to it. I hope all of this still feels strange. Because although it's great that we have the technology to do this, we long for the day when we can be truly together again meeting as a a family of faith. So whether you're a a Kirkpatrick regular or like me now, you're a visitor watching along with us, we hope you will be blessed and encouraged today as we draw together to worship God and to hear from him through his word. This morning, we're going to be taking a break from the, the usual pattern to look at something a little bit different. We recognize that for many of us, this has been or is, or will be, a difficult time. Lots of us are are struggling. And when we look to the Bible, God's word given to us, yes, to show us God's plan to save us, but also to show us how we as his people should live in this fallen, broken world, twisted to its very atoms and molecules by sin. And in the Bible, we see right throughout people God's people living in difficult dangerous situations and how they react we see God's people struggle and doubt and cry out to God and nowhere do we see this more clearly than in the Psalms so today we're going to be spending some time thinking about one of the the Psalms of lament a psalm where David in in real distress brings his complaint before God And ultimately clings to the hope of God's steadfast love and sure promises to him. But right now, let me open our time together by reading some words of hope from Scripture. These are the words Christoph used to to close last week's Easter service. It's 1 Peter chapter chapter 1 and I'm going to read verses 3 to 6. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. So whether you're tuning in this morning full of that living hope because of what Christ has done for you, or if you're struggling, struggling to to live in that hope weighed down by the griefs and trials of this broken world, God's word tells us that we can still lift our eyes to him and bless his glorious name for all he has done for us. Let's do that now as we pray together. Let's, let's pray. Father God, we, we come before you this morning, our loving and merciful God. Lord, we thank you that you do not treat us as our sins deserve, but you are the God who saves us. You are the God who has given us, who have put our faith in you, new birth into this living hope with Christ. Father, we lift up our praises to you, the only one who is worthy to be praised. Lord God, we are sorry for all the many ways we have let you down. How so often we give our praise and honour to ourselves rather than to you. How quick we are to forget you and go our own way. Father forgive us, help us to turn our eyes to you, to use this time that many of us have been given to grow in our relationship with you and always be thinking how we can show your love and your hope to others in these circumstances. Help us to always remember the hope that we have because of the finished work of Jesus. Lord be with us now as we continue to, to lift up praise and glory to you. May your name be lifted high as people all over the world faithfully come to worship you today, separated from one another, but united because of you. Lord, as we struggle in this difficult time, we pray you would speak to us this morning through your word. We pray that by your spirit, you will make broken lives new and give us strength to face the days ahead. Amen. We're going to to sing together. Um, and then we have a, a video for the kids looking at the, the Garden of Gethsemane from the, the Jesus Storybook Bible, where where Jesus in real distress himself cries out for help from his father. After that, we're going to sing all about Jesus using that, that cracking video that some of you made a few weeks ago. And then we'll hear from Psalm 13 and sing again before we come to think about the words that we've read. But right now, let's sing together, a song that reminds us of God's faithfulness in all circumstances. Let's sing, blessed be your name.
2: Psalm 13 How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and that my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. This is the word of the Lord.
1: I wonder how you're feeling this morning. Here we are at the end of week four of this lockdown. And there doesn't seem to be any sign of an end on the horizon. Some of you, I'm sure, are struggling. Struggling with fear, anxiety, fear for the future, for your jobs, your physical health, your family's health, perhaps your your mental health. Maybe it isn't great right now. And being stuck inside with limited options is a massive trial for you or members of your family. Maybe you're a frontline worker. Going out each day not knowing if today will be the day you catch this thing or bring it back into your homes. Maybe you're deeply concerned right now for loved ones. Ones who are at risk are currently in hospital maybe maybe you're grieving at the minute you've lost someone in this time and are unable to comfort those who need it or be comforted by others due to social distancing maybe this morning you're wondering where is God in all of this perhaps you feel like God has forgotten you that your life your whole world is falling apart you don't know what you're meant to do you don't know how you're meant to keep going. You're asking, has God forgotten me? Is that how you feel this morning? Or how you felt in the past? If it is, would you would you tell anybody? Would you feel like you could you could share it with your church family? Or would you feel guilt and shame that that this is how you feel right now? Perhaps you've been told and taught that Christians aren't meant to feel this way. After all, we are, we are people saved by Christ. People called into, into abundant life. People like us shouldn't, shouldn't feel this way. We shouldn't be people who struggle with our, with our mental health. We shouldn't be people who, who question God. We're not meant to be people who, who struggle with doubt. And we feel that if we, if we let people in on the truth of how we're truly feeling, we might be gossiped about, looked down on, them, or people might even question whether we're really saved. Well, in the psalm we're, we're looking at this morning, David is, is far from okay. We aren't given the reason. But it seems David is is trapped in a situation that he can see no end to. He is in deep distress. And it seems real mental anguish. He sees no light at the end of the tunnel. And he comes to God with serious questions. Cries of his heart. Demands, in fact, that he makes before God. David. The king, the anointed one, the one after God's own heart. This is how he feels at this time. And it is included in the Bible to help those of us who are struggling with the difficulties of living in a fallen, broken world. It's okay. It's okay to feel like this. It's okay to feel deep distress. But in this psalm, God gives us the example of David to show us how to cope and how to hope when everything seems hopeless. And in his crisis, we see him do three things. He asks some difficult questions. He recognises that prayer is crucial. And he puts his confidence in the Lord. David Sam opens with four questions that are on his heart. They all start with how long. These are honest questions. David has no sense of pretense. This is how he feels and he is going to pour it out before the throne of his God. These how long statements. They show us that David can see no end to his despair. He can see no way out. And it leads him to spiral downwards. See, we're, we're usually pretty good at dealing with short-term adversity. But long-term trials, they can, they can just grind us down. Especially when we're struggling to see an end to our trauma. Whether it's grief, stress, depression, illness, exhaustion, family strife, potential Our actual unemployment. Maybe a struggle with sin that you just can't seem to break away from. Or likely in these times, a combination of of all of these things. It can leave us in a pretty dark place. Both spiritually and mentally. I believe that's what's happening with David here in in this psalm. each of these four statements, they get worse and worse as David gets caught up in his own mind. Firstly, he asks if God has has forgotten him. Maybe God's attention is is elsewhere and this appeal will cause him to remember David and bless him once again. Maybe you feel forgotten by God. That if if he only remembered you, then he wouldn't be allowing what you're going through to to carry on. We ask, maybe I'm forgotten. Maybe I've lost his favour. We can so easily head down this route. Satan wants us to believe that we are orphans. Forgotten by our Father in heaven. But we know that this is impossible. In Isaiah 49, verses 15 and 16, we see God say to the people of Israel, people who felt that God had abandoned them during the exile, can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. However, the reality is that David can't see this right now. In his struggles, he continues down this path. Next, he he wonders if God has abandoned him completely. That he hasn't just forgotten him, but he's rejected him. God Hiding his face is, a, is an expression of alienation and curse. David feels that God has turned from him. We who are in Christ know that because of his sacrifice on the cross, we have had the consequences of our sin taken from us. But more than that, we have also been covered by Christ's righteousness. We, through him, are adopted into the family of God. We are now children of the King, co-heirs to the kingdom with Christ. As Romans 8 tells us, we are not forgotten. We're not abandoned. In fact, we are welcome to come before God at any time and bring our requests and problems to him through the finished work of Jesus. We may not always understand why we face the trials and the difficulties that we do but God has shown throughout the whole of history that even though we mess up he cares deeply for us and he will never forget us or leave us. In Deuteronomy 31 God tells his people that he will never leave them or forsake them and at the end of of Matthew's Gospel Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, tells his disciples that he will be with them always, to the very end of the age. We know we are not forgotten. We know that we're not abandoned. But again, we see David in his despair and trouble continue down this rabbit hole. If he is forgotten, if he is abandoned, then surely he is alone. His focus turns inward and he wallows in his own negative thoughts rather than than looking to his God. And it leads him to wonder, am I beaten? He's finally left wondering if, if he's defeated, if the enemy has won. Some scholars believe the enemy he is talking about here is actually death itself. If I'm forgotten, if I'm abandoned, if I'm alone, how long can I keep going? That's where David is. It's where many of us have been and to some degree in the past and it's, it's where some of us are now. Asking these difficult questions and struggling to find answers. But thankfully verse 2 isn't where the psalm ends. And before we come to think about David's response, we're going to listen to a, a version of this psalm. There are no lyrics up on the screen so you might want to follow along in your Bible and just reflect and think about the words. The thing I really love about this version of the psalm is how, as it goes on, the music becomes more and more hopeful. As David turns from his problems to his God. And we're going to think more about that in a couple of minutes. This is Psalm 13. You see, the reality is that that Satan desperately wants us to believe these lies. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 tells us that Satan is a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Satan wants us to believe that we are forgotten, abandoned. He wants us to focus inwardly rather than look to God. He wants us to believe that we are beaten and walk away from God. The only one who can carry us through. But God shows us another way through david this is how david truly feels but david doesn't believe his feelings he knows deep down who his god is he knows that god is with him he remembers the promises of this covenant keeping god and so even in the midst of feeling like this he can still turn to god in prayer Instead of rejecting God or cursing him for this suffering, he asks God for answers to his problems. That God will answer his prayer and turn his face upon him. He asks God to to light up his eyes, a call for physical and mental renewal. That God would bring the reality of his life back into David. He's saying, I am in darkness here. Help me to remember that I am yours. That I live in your light. Help me in my despair to still see that and be able to to grab hold of it once more. So he prays. He prays for God to remember him and to help him remember God's promised life and blessing. And then we see David. David who was so tempted to just look inwardly. Begin to pray for others in verse 4. Yeah, he's praying that he will defeat his enemies and, and come out on top. But we see throughout the Psalms that a key reason David wants to prevail against his enemies is so that they might see that David's God is the true God. The only one with the power to save. He prays openly, honestly and specifically about each of the problems that are plaguing his mind. And as he does so, he begins to remind himself not of what his despair says to him, but of what God's promises say to him. And it begins to change his outlook. One of the, the key teachings of this psalm is when times are tough, prayer is crucial. If we want to survive, we need to run to our Father. And our mighty king. Not not away from him. And this is also the pattern that we see with Jesus. In Hebrews 5 verse 7. The writer reminds us. In the days of his flesh. Jesus offered up prayers and supplications. With loud cries and tears. To him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Jesus was always at prayer often praying long into the night or from early in the morning. And in these verses in Hebrews, the writer is really talking about Jesus' prayers around his crucifixion. We reminded ourselves earlier of of Jesus in the garden when he was praying about the the incredibly difficult task ahead of him of, of willingly giving himself over to be that sacrifice for us. And his mental and physical anguish being so great that he was literally sweating drops of blood. And then on the cross. On the cross we see Jesus use similar words to this psalm when he quotes from Psalm 22 saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As Jesus takes the the punishment of the sin Of the world upon himself. He is truly. Abandoned by God. In a a way that we. Who are in him. Can never be. Even Jesus. Cries out to God. Asks difficult questions. And truly shares the burden. Of his heart with his father. And he demonstrates to us. That it's okay for us. To do the same. We are broken people. Living in a broken world. At a time when that is is especially obvious. And sometimes it can get the better of us. But that doesn't change who God is. And his promises to us. Your feelings may betray you. But your God won't. So bring your honest prayers, questions and doubts before him. Trusting in the promises of his word, just as David did, just as Jesus did. David is is in a significant place of crisis. He has recognised that that keeping praying is crucial. And it helps him, even in the midst of all that is going on in his life, to keep praying putting his confidence in the Lord. His love is steadfast. He is the God who saves us. He is the generous God who promises us good. David's prayer life draws him close to God. He's able to once again see who God is and it gives him confidence, even in the midst of despair. And he is still in despair. In the ESV, it says, My heart shall rejoice. I will sing. David isn't out the other end of this by the end of the psalm. It's not a case of we put our prayer in and immediately our problems will disappear. David is once again trusting in God's promises. And is looking forward to a time when this will be the reality. When he will rejoice. When he will be able to sing again. And this hope in God's promises. This confidence in who God is. It helped David to keep trusting. Until that day came to pass. A few are... In a place of darkness this morning, feeling abandoned by God, wondering how long will it be like this? Remember that you are not alone. You follow in the footsteps of godly men and women who have gone before you. David felt abandoned by God. Jesus truly was for a short time. And many of your brothers and sisters watching along with you today are going through or have been through similar struggles. And they want to help you through. They are a text, a phone call, an email, a Zoom chat away. Don't ever feel that you're alone. Because you're not. I can't tell you when the darkness will lift or when you'll see the light again. But for now, the most important thing is is to be like David and like Jesus. You need to keep calling out to God in prayer. That same God who, who perhaps feels really distant to you right now. You need to keep hoping in him because his promises are steadfast his word is sure he is our salvation and he is our only hope for the future let's pray lord we thank you that you are our good god that you are the god who is in control, that you are the God who is sovereign over all things. Lord, as we live through this time of of difficulty, a time of of fear, Lord, we thank you that we can continue to put our trust in you. Lord, many of us are feeling anxious, fearful, fearful, Some of us are hurting, grieving. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who loves us. You're a God who says to us, Come to me, all who are weak and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Lord, we thank you that you're a God who listens, that you're a God who wants to hear from us, that in your word you have shown us that you're a God who listens to our fears our doubts, our questions. Lord, that we can come before you as we really, truly are. And that you are a God who is faithful to us. Lord, help us to remember that. Help us, Lord, even in the midst of the the difficult time that we're facing, to put our trust and our faith and our hope in you and you alone. Lord, help us to pray. Help us to spend time with you and in you. Lord, bless us as we do that. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, fill us with your hope and your comfort and your love. And help us, Lord, as we, as we seek to, to continue to live for you and love others. Help us to find ways to do that in these times. Help us, Lord, not to be a time where we drift apart but a time, Lord, where we grow even closer together as your family, as your people. And Lord, help us as we seek to to build your kingdom that this would be a time when, when many would come to know you and the hope
0: that is found only in you. Amen. Folks, we've almost finished our service for today. Uh, Just a few short comments from me. First of all, a big thank you to Stephen for leading us in worship this morning and bringing us uh, so helpfully to God's word. A bit of a heads up about what to expect in this week's outtakes. Uh, We have Monty explaining an Easter hymn which he has written and Gwen singing it for us with a video of Harrison tackling Gary, his dad. Now we posted this last week and YouTube took it down. I think they imagined that it infringed some of their guidelines, but we've appealed to YouTube. Uh, The video has been reinstated, and hopefully you'll get a chance to see it this week. On there, you'll also see some other general family shenanigans. Please keep your videos coming. If you don't fancy making a video, just send us a photograph. Uh, we'd love to have a photograph from as many people as possible in the congregation. No matter what age you are, anyone can send us a photograph. Send it to Claire or to me and we'll try to be sure that it's included in next week's Postcards from Home photo montage. Just a heads up of what to expect for next week. I'm going to try and offer some biblical reflection on this situation that we find ourselves in. The title I'm working to, What Would Jesus Say About Coronavirus? Just now I'm going to hand over to LJ, who's leading us in our prayers for others. At a time when the pressure is really on the health services, it's great to have one of our own healthcare workers leading us to God this morning.
3: Good morning. We're going to pray for others now um, and particularly focus on healthcare workers. Um, I've contacted a number of healthcare workers within the church community over the last 10 days, and thank you to those of you who got back to me with your prayer requests. Um, and also, take a look at the email update from Christoph. It will contain some of those prayer points, and also, if you're a healthcare worker, how you can connect better with us um, and how we can be praying for you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we are thankful for the beauty of your creation which springs forth before us. It's wonderful to see spring blooms and beautiful weather. But in this beauty, Lord, there is suffering, we know. We pray for those in our community who have been directly affected by COVID-19, those who have lost loved ones, and those who are battling with this disease, Lord. We ask for restoration and healing, restoration of grieving and broken hearts, and restoration of weakened and broken bodies. We pray particularly for healthcare workers again this morning, Lord, those who are striving to look after these patients with coronavirus. Help them to do that well and with compassion. We thank you, Lord, for the sense of togetherness that there is in the health service at present. And we thank you for the public displays of support. We pray for endurance, for perseverance for healthcare workers over this disruptive period which is likely to last for many months. Many healthcare workers won't have had any break over Easter and so we pray for strength. Lord, we also pray for sensitivity during this time. Many of the consultations that would normally happen with patients are now having to be done over the phone. And that's difficult. We pray that doctors and nurses and support workers will be able to do those conversations with care and compassion. We pray particularly for those who work in palliative care who look after these vulnerable patients that they would still be able to do so well. Lord we pray for the many practical considerations again around coronavirus, the issue of personal protective equipment Thank you for answers to prayer in that regard. Things are improving, Lord, but it's still a great source of anxiety. Many have been unnerved unnerved by the news this week of many healthcare workers being affected and some who've lost their lives. We pray, Lord, that there would be calmness around this issue and that the practical considerations would be met even further. we pray for the many professions who make up the whole healthcare team, often those who work in unseen roles, in labs, in support services. Lord, sustain them too. And Father, lastly, we pray for particularly vulnerable groups. We heard this week of the news that rates of domestic violence are increasing and we pray, Lord, for safety for this group. We also pray for the police and social services who are trying to support a particularly vulnerable group of individuals. Lord, we bring these things before you. We know that you hear our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Let me just close our time together with some words from Romans 15, verse 13. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
2: I mentioned the story of the road to Emmaus being one of my favourites in the sermon on Easter Sunday morning. And... um, I think the thing that fascinates me about it is how that they recognised him when he broke the bread. Uh, and it got me thinking. And There's an old Irish uh, folk tune called The Dimming of the Day. And it contains a little line, I'll know you at the dimming of the day. It's a very haunting melody. And for some reason that phrase, I- I'll know him in the breaking of the bread, sort of became matched to that phrase in the song. And I developed that a little bit and I thought of the other times when the bread would be broken. Um, You know, the feeding of the 5,000 and also uh, that final day at the great bridal feast in heaven um, when the bread will be uh, broken and the the wine will be drunk and we will be celebrating with with the risen lamb. And so uh, I put that together uh, from the perspective of the two disciples that were on the road to Emmaus when Jesus went and walked with them and I said it to the tune of the dimming of the day.
4: We stood along the Galilean shore We heard some words we never heard before We tasted life, we saw five thousand fairs We knew him in the breaking of the bread And then one night they told us he had died With nails and wood our dreams were crucified Mm -hmm. We talked about the things that we had seen We thought about the things that might have been. Our heads were down, our hearts were far away. When the stranger came and walked with us that day, he opened up the truths of ancient days. He gave us hope, he set our hearts ablaze. We stopped him as he made to walk away We pleaded with him, step right in and stay But as we sat and pondered all he'd said We knew him in the breaking of the bread Surprised by joy, we ran into the night the streets were bathed in resurrection light. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. And so we have a hope that never dies. We know the one in whom our future lies. And when the feast's prepared, the table spread, We'll know him in the breaking of the bread. Yes, we'll know him in the breaking of the bread.
5: Hello everyone at Kirkpatrick. Uh, This is our insight into isolation um, from our family. We are all feeling well and doing well. I am presently at home full time looking after the three boys and Roger remains working in the Royal and doing shifts in the city. Like you all, our lives have changed beyond recognition in these last few weeks and I think homeschooling for me has been the biggest challenge to get our head round at three kids at different stages and not trying to feel too under pressure from the work that comes home. One of the real blessings from this situation is that many mornings the boys and I will be able to do devotions together and it's just such a great way to start off our day and in fact often before homeschool we need to be asking for God's help. We are so thankful that we can isolate and remain fairly comfortable. Our garden has been such a blessing and just to have a slower more straightforward life in many ways has also been
4: great. Hi, it's Joseph here, and uh, we find it hard to stay in the house together. But we find out if we play some uh, family games or sports, uh, it can help us. We find it hard not to see our friends or family, but we try to video call, so that helps.
5: We've been really glad to be able to join together with you guys on a Sunday morning, albeit if it is in our pyjamas. And I suppose alongside the homeschooling, trying to get my mother on the video calling has probably been one of the biggest challenges. We still have projects in the house that we need to do and we'll hopefully get round to that. And we've come to realise that it isn't always easy, all of us living together. All the time. So we're just trying to make the most of it and enjoying our time with Roger when he's back home. So take care everyone and God bless, and we'll see you soon.
0: Folks, I thought I'd take a moment to explain to you why I'm calling these gatherings City of Love Gatherings. I've been a fan of the Scottish group or band Deacon Blue ever since I was a teenager. And just a few weeks ago, they released a new album called The City of Love. Ricky Ross, the band's new lead singer, he explains the, the title. He said, I've discovered that the bones of St. Valentine are kept in a church in the Gorbals part of Glasgow, which is where we would made the album. That gave the album a feeling. It's a feeling of reconciliation and bringing people together. I wanted to tell different stories of love. That really anchors the record. Uh, By the way, I've stuck the title track, City of Love, on at the end of our service after the benediction. Think of it like the title's music at the end of a film and see uh, whether you don't enjoy it. The song and the title got me thinking. This is exactly what Jesus wants us to be. A city of love. He told us that we were lovers. In the upper room, he told his disciples, love one another as I have loved you. By this will all men know that you're my disciples. If you love one another. So we're to be lovers. um, But we're also a city. It's an image of the people of God that crops up loads of times right throughout the Bible. Isaiah often describes God's people as a city. At the end of Revelation, John describes uh, the people of God uh, as a, a city. And Jesus does so too. He once told his disciples that they were like a city on a hill. We often talk about church as a family or as a church community. What I love about this image, this city image, is the the idea of the size, the space, and the welcome. There's room here, room in this city for anyone who wants to come. I've latched onto this idea of a city of love, hoping that it might be an encouragement to you in, in a difficult time. We've had to give up meeting together. It feels like we're losing lots of things. A lot of our normal stuff is being stripped away. Maybe there's something good in that. Maybe we need to leave some stuff behind so that we start to notice again the important stuff. As it says in the song, all that remains is a city of love.